Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And we are joined today by Samantha Ataguile, Joshua Louise Smith. Yeah. Did you see the pro? Anyway, yes, we'll I come did. back to this. Okay. And uh, Kirsten Rower. Kirsten Rower. Kirsten Rower. <laughs> I spelled it right, though, <laughs> in yes, my you head. Did. In your head. <laughs> <laughs> we were actually just talking about how it's this horrible, horrible ongoing theme of. Kirsten, lovely Kirsten, talented Kirsten, her fucking name getting misbutchered in at every parent. <laughs> Are we allowed to curse? I should yes. ask yeah, before absolutely. we start. Yeah, no. We, we have an explicit rating. We earn our explicit rating. <laughs> oh good. Yeah. Actively. I'd love to help with that. There was an episode where we talked about faux feminism that I that we earned. <laughs> earned it. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and now we've talked about Pornhub too. Yes, you yeah, did. Yeah, we did talk about Pornhub. Extensively. Well, you had, you had thoughts, Sam. <laughs> oh, well, not about Pornhub specifically, but <laughs> if you heard the podcast with Lily Guerrero the other day, um, they were talking about incest, and so I have half-siblings, and it's always been a fear dream, but not like a dream, like a nightmare. Oh, yeah. That I would when, you said dream, dream. when you said dream earlier, I was like, dream? No, <laughs> nightmare is the correct term for that. <laughs> that I'd meet a brother and like head it off and then wouldn't know until like after we did the deed or something that they were my brother, but that has not happened. Good. It's, we're fine. In the clear. Uh, and if this is a horrible, uh, if this is a horrible question, I can start over and ask later, but is the fear what is the fear of like having a baby or just having sex oh it's just like being romantically even attracted yeah. to somebody that i share a bloodline yeah, that, that's with. not yeah. a fear that's like incremental that's a line and as soon as you cross it <laughs> right yeah no that's wow I we mean, would all be real shitty russian royalty wouldn't we <laughs> i mean almost any royalty right <laughs> Basically, any. <laughs> uh, royalty as a concept. Yep. Is a lot the of Roosevelt. incest, I think. The Roosevelt. Yeah. yeah, so. Okay, well, so, but before we, like, divulge or, like, tri- as, like, just, just fucking, I'm making mu- the symbols much, for going I, on to all of the tangents. As much as I like the idea of just the rest of this episode being, like, aimless and, like, not telling people why you're here. <laughs> Next yeah. time, let's, yeah. I like to think that I just really bring that out in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Like, general aimlessness. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so, speaking of names and things so one of the things that we just have have happened was opera on tap and i put uh, so you saw the program where i yeah, yes. joshua louise i just that was my it was my last show at opera on tap i'm jumping topics so much so the reason we have you guys on is to talk about new brew yes um, that is right which is an upcoming event and josh has actually teased this on the show yes i have yeah thank you for that thank um, you of course so tell us about I guess let's start with tell us about the upcoming event. Tell us the what people need to know. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess the very quick details are that it is Tuesday, May sixteenth at the Elba Room, eight PM and it's a five dollar cover. Mm-hmm. And those are the very basics of coming and seeing us. Cool. And so, uh New Brew is uh an offshoot of Opera on Tap Chicago. Correct, yes. 
um, I feel a lot more uh, legitimate as a journalist right now because I am no longer part of Opera on Tap Chicago. <laughs> so it's no longer me being like, I run a podcast and also run this organization, so I'm going to have Opera on Tap Chicago on. It's not like a vanity project. No. No. It's not. One thing I will say about Opera on Tap Chicago, not a vanity project. <laughs> Definitely not a vanity no, project. It would be certainly not. No. Yeah. And, if, much, and if someone thought that, much... they would be legitimately a douchebag. Is, is kind of what I think. But anyway, so let's move on. So Opera on Tap Chicago is Opera on Tap is cool because it's a multi-chapter organization starting off in New York. Um, and there's even there's a Berlin chapter. There's 15 chapters across the nation. If for some reason you don't live in Chicago and you're listening to this podcast and you didn't know that. There's probably an opera on tap in your city, which is and, cool. And they recently made national news in, I want to say it was Seattle. It was Seattle. Where Robert McPherson, who's yeah. a tenor, he proposed to his now fiance at an opera on tap show and they mm-hmm. taped it. Now it's all over the internet and it's very yeah. sweet. Yeah. So opera on tap is in the news. The loves marriage proposals. It, yes. They're like my favorite thing to watch. That's yeah. so true. So the, and the other reason I'm really glad to no longer be a part of opera on tap is because I get to say that there are a lot of people that don't like opera on tap for some reason in this organ, in this community. And I don't get that because like... Wait, what? Like, well, I, here's what I mean. He's talking I think about that, me. I hate opera on tap. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people that are in... Like, Elephant when you, in the room. No, I... If you've, been to the sh- if you've been to one of the shows <laughs> like before, <laughs> if you've been to one of the shows, like, you get it immediately, but I think for some reason, uh, with any organization, I mean, like, I think when I see other organizations in Chicago, like, you see it as an outside perspective, and you think, like, oh, there's got to be something wrong with them. Like, it's easy to, like, look at an organization and be like... There's something terrible about this. It's, but it's I think, very easy to be cynical exactly. about things like that. And I, I'm guilty of that, more. too, not with Opera on Tap, but with other organizations that right. I haven't necessarily seen. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, Opera on Tap Chicago runs on, like, a $0 budget, practically. I think that when all we ever were able to pay for was the pianist that we paid. And that's because that was literally the only income that we made. And so it was entirely, it's entirely a thankless... I mean, it's not... It's very thankful. All the singers and all the people that do end up coming are extremely appreciative of it happening, but, like, it's, it goes under the radar in a lot of ways. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, it's not noticed by a lot of mainstream uh, arts orgs or uh, journals of outlets and things like that. It gets, it gets a real downplay, I feel. And, and maybe, you know, if you are a Chicago editor, a Chicago Tribune editor-in-chief listening right now, and you're like, I've heard of Opera on Tap Chicago, like, first off, Pleasure to meet you. First of all, <laughs> here's um, my card. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening. Um, yeah. We talked about Pornhub. Yeah. <laughs> or you're welcome. <laughs> or you're welcome. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of starting off with Pornhub is because now we can do it, say whatever the fuck we want because we lost the weirdos. We you know, set like the bar. yeah. Or we or kept, we've attracted. I was going to say more. Of the I was going to say we we kept the weirdos. <laughs> right. We lost the losers. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> cool. So. Opera on Tapspiel. I left uh, to focus on Scopy Magazine, the things that I do here for you guys. So thank you so much for uh, for making that a thing that happens. Not that I'm glad to be leaving Opera on Tap, but it's been three years, and you know, yeah, me and James Comey. Move on, right? <laughs> you and James Comey. Yeah, yeah. same means, same people. Yeah, you know? that's that's a that is a perfect parallel. In fact, someone perfect. tried to ask me about it, and I hid in the bushes. <laughs> Not in, among. Among, 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 among the, the bushes. bushes. Among the bushes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someone was like, oh, I heard Daniel's leaving, and I just was nowhere to be seen because I was um, among bushes. Among yeah. the bushes. 
<laughs> so the reason, the other side of the reason I gave this giant of a preface, I'm not a huge, deep, big uh, fan of introducing for our guests, is that I know that New Brew was something that we'd taken a stab at about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. It was paired with something that we talked with someone else about D-Case, uh, the Chicago Arts and um, La Cachina. Just got a grant from D-Case. That's right. We also did a marketing initiative with D-Case, Opera on Tap Chicago did, for a two-concert series, one of them that took place in the Fine Arts Building in a hallway. We did an operatic book Mm. club. And um, that was the fundraiser for our new brew performance, and that was at Pub 666. Is that what it's called or not? That's not. I can't be it. 626. Is it the one by Loyola? It's on, um, it's not on Lund, it's what's the, what's a block south Pub of Lund? 626. 626. Yeah, that's what Yeah, yeah, And so, like that was, cra- that was our Pub new... 666. I want yeah. it's Satan's Pub. It's like, pretty yeah. sure it's not. The devil's pub. <laughs> but so anyway, so that was our new brew concert, and so that was kind of our main event for this D-Case project, and that we did, uh, we published, I think we, prom- uh, not published, we commissioned, like, two composers and then do two recent things, and I remember we specifically needed an acoustic piano, and that's actually how I got this piano. Oh, is it really? I, that day at this about piano. at about eight a.m. No, so the night before I was recording a concert, and I was like, "Fuck, we need a, con- a piano for tomorrow." So the next morning, I woke up at nine, got on Craigslist, and then just started writing emails to free ads. He woke up at nine a.m. Yeah, wow, that is early for me. <laughs> that is like the butt all, crack of dawn. Can we all just take a moment and just applaud Daniel's heroism for waking up at nine a.m.? Thank you. It's just... Mm. So anyway, so I wrote all right. these Craigslist emails, and among other, like, prep for the show. And then by 3 o'clock, I heard from some lady who had a daughter um, that lived in Logan Square who had this piano. And so I, like, rented a U-Haul and went and picked up the, the piano. And the, by the time I picked up the piano, it was already time to head straight to New Brew. So I literally brought it from there <laughs> to oh the God. concert. And then from then, we took the piano home. Oh. And so I had, that's that's where I got this. And we moved the piano from that apartment to when we moved into this apartment. Mm-hmm. God, you don't um, live upstairs. Yeah, oh, seriously. We specifically yeah. chose a garden level unit so that we wouldn't have to deal with piano logistics because we couldn't afford a piano mover. But, but also, <laughs> like, this piano is, is too amazing of a story to give up. You oh, know? yeah, that is true. Um, so, yeah, and so after that traumatic experience, um, we really didn't touch New Brew for a while. And so... Mm-hmm. Probably it was like uh, a few months ago, there was an Opera on Tap discussion about getting volunteers involved. Um, and that there was a meeting. That's where we come in. Yes. I know. Yes. Chronology, isn't it special? Um, and so uh, you all uh, had a meeting with, I wasn't able to make that meeting. It was with Marissa and Evita. And you guys, uh, you all, I'm working on my inclusivity, talked about um, things that. Opera Untap could do going forward. And right. so one of the things that you three did first was set up New Brew. They could probably take it from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I want Daniel to tell me the story about yeah. Yeah, 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 Tell yeah. me no. about myself, Daniel. <laughs> no, yeah, we met at the Chicago Bagel Authority. It's really good. They have great bagels. Go they here. have bagels. And we... <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, no, the bagels are fine. I'm a Long Island Jew. I've not found a bagel in town that makes me feel like bagels there's a place me feel. there's a place that is n- there is literally a place like an urban dweller has never stepped foot in like west on fucking dempster or something. okay it's on chewy don't 
it's on Tui. The okay. most it's called like, New York Bagel in the Alley. Yeah. Is it good? And it wasn't bad. Okay. Oh, yeah, because you're also from Jersey, right? Mm-hmm. I see. If that. you're so, not from New Jersey or New York, these bagels were fine. <laughs> I liked them. Yeah, you're, so I'm with you. Like, I really like Brugger's bagels, which makes me, like, a heretic. Let me tell you, though, because I spent my summer in Pittsburgh eating at Brugger's. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. Look, a, a non-New York bagel is is fine. Like, it is it is. Fine, it's, it's but like fine when you had it. a good bagel, what the fuck are you doing not but, having a good bagel? Because bread is good and bagels yeah, are. You can't have bad bread, right? Because it's bread, so it's like a circle of bread. And uh, it's fine. You can have bad bread. Right. You could definitely have bad bread. Anyway, so New Brew, we met this one time. Chicago <laughs> Bagel Authority, where the quality of bagels is up for grabs. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take a hard stance here. Fuck Chicago Bagel Authority. <laughs> Well, thank you for letting us meet in your space. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. The Lox bagel was delicious. Also, they have a stage, so we love you, and maybe we'll perform there. That's right. They do. They do. For some reason, I'm so sorry. I'm I'm going to say one more thing, and then you have the floor. I'm imagining for some reason that Chicago Bagel, you know, like the California raisins. I'm imagining it's like the Chicago Bagel Authority performance troupe, where it's just like bagels, like like a saxophone, wearing sunglasses. I don't know why I'm imagining that, but I feel like they're the main occupiers of that. Out. I'll exactly. Tell you that. It could be real. I don't know if it for sure, but okay. I can't say it's not true. I really hope this is some semblance of good promotional material for you guys. <laughs> yes. Yes. So this is great. Uh, we met with Marissa and Evita, yes, and it was the three of us. And um, Opera on Tap is um, expanding and has a lot of ideas for things that we want to do, and it's certainly uh, more work than three Opera on Tap Devos can handle, mm-hmm. um, which is why. They were looking for volunteers, so uh, Josh, Kirsten, and I, um, we have spearheaded New Brew, um, which will become a series. Um, We were lucky enough to find the Elbow Room, who were super duper enthusiastic to have us there. They were so into it. We were so grateful. Yeah. And it's in a great location um, in like Lakeview, Lincoln Mm Park-ish area, uh, just so it's, it's more central for more people. I know a lot of us artists live up here in Rogers Park, but yeah. for people like Kirsten, who does not... Irving Park! Yeah. So it'll be way easier for you to get so to. So much easier. You guys made my life easier. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be a new music series. We have 20 singers and 12 composers who are going to be featured on this first concert. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're really excited about it. Yeah, I'm, it's... I'm uh, I know it's, it's just the one thing when we all went to meet, it's <laughs> it's the one we, thing we, everyone was we like, were yeah, all exactly. waiting we were like waiting for for marissa to bring it up and as soon as she did she's like well would any of you guys be interested and we were all like maybe i want to do it <laughs> all three of us so then we end up <laughs> all doing it together which ended up being a miracle and for the best yeah. i'm so happy about it yeah when we started opera on top of chicago back up we did it immediately with three people so it was joaquin lewis myself and aaron mall and mm-hmm. it needs it yeah like, you need it because a starting an organization is so goddamn difficult and you need so much energy, especially because the nature of 
what we're tr- all trying to do mm-hmm. is live and have a have, like make rent mm-hmm. and um, all these things and also make art and, and create organizations to make art. Um, so you're all piecing together like parts of your schedules right. to make one person. Right. Basically. And it's great because Which is great. Yeah. yeah, I mean when oh I'm I was really busy today, like can you write this email? Can you know, so we're We do a lot of that because we're all we all have day jobs. Right. We all have, you know, we're busy. But people. we're good at so, like spreading out our responsibilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I'm happy with. Do you guys have a, a, a text group? We have a, a Facebook messaging group. Yes, and we, we have also, our new brew internal. We have an internal page. Facebook group. We have the messaging group. We have group, not been utilizing. Which we have not been. No, we, we, we've been all about the messaging. Yeah, <laughs> messaging is just so much faster. Yeah, and you can send little gifts. I like sending the gifts. <laughs> you do. Yeah. I know. Gifts are crucial to the running of any arts organization. Well, I 100%. really think you know it's it's the kind of modern day uh, hieroglyphs. Right. <laughs> Those and emojis. Mm, yes, emojis. And they're good for morale. Yeah, so good. Yeah. I mean, it, it can it can really take a bland and otherwise forceful message and really give it a a picture's a worth little a thousand upturn. words. Right, it helps. Yeah, so a little moving picture is like twice that at least. Saying please <laughs> least. send this email with just a period at the end. No, super so aggressive. aggressive. <laughs> no, but with a poop emoji. <gasps> I want to be pretty friend. whimsical. <laughs> pretty whimsical. <laughs> Lots of whimsy there. So, tell us about the program. Well, this was well. This was exciting. I don't want to dominate this conversation, but I'll, I'll say how we started to put it together, right? So we actually just went on a couple of Facebook groups. Most of this was done through Facebook, honestly, and we Thank yeah, it, it pretty much all was pretty much all was on Facebook, and we went to there's like a new the new music connection, the new music connection, and also the Chicago area classical singers Facebook group, and said, hey. We want composers. And especially, uh, the reason we did it, the Chicago one especially is because we wanted local composers. And we have a mix of local composers and people, yeah. and international ones, actually. But, um, wow. Yeah. One guy in Germany. In Germany. Like, we, have, we do have a composer from Germany. And so that's how we started. We just said, hey, send us what you got. And mm-hmm. we'll put it to use in what we can. We were putting together nothing more than a 90-minute concert now. But, you know, we are saving everything, whatever. So that's how we started. And then the same thing for the singers. We went on Facebook. We went to, a, obviously, the Opera on Tap roster was our first yes. hit. But then also the Chicago Area Classical Singers Group. And it's nice because there are, I would say, at least half of the singers we none of us know personally. Like, um, they're not involved in Opera on Tap, but they're singers in Chicago who, you know, are doing other things. And so... They're all within, like, three degrees of us. Right, exactly. Because everyone in Chicago is. But, so we're like, <laughs> right. oh, I don't know you, but yeah, you did this thing with but this person. Okay, cool. But it's expanding the community even further. Which is which. nice. And so that's kind of... So then we went to... We put together the program from there, right? Like, we, we had our compositions, and we had our singers. Right. So we're like, okay, now we can start to whittle down what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And, we, I mean, we put it... What, it's been, like... A month and a half. Yeah. Like we really wanted to get something going before summer really totally started, um, mm-hmm. just because people have you know all their gigs and stuff going on, mm-hmm. um, and didn't want to leave it too long, so there would still be like that excitement and momentum. Yes. Yeah, you gotta maintain the hype. Right. But so, yeah. it'll probably be once every couple of months yeah. because they're all new works, and it is a lot to ask singers to learn such pieces. Mm-hmm. So for this. We're saying you please, you know, feel free to use music, um, but 
they've everyone pretty much has been rehearsing with Jordan Christ, who is playing for the for the concert. Thanks, Jordan. Yeah, thank you so much. It's <laughs> a lot. Jordan it's, Christ. Yeah, it's a lot yeah, of, of prep for her because this mm-hmm. is all new repertoire and a lot of. I mean, a few world premieres, yes. American premiere, yes. Chicago premiere. So, so um, that is an interesting thing because some. Uh, what Opera on Tap does, like at its base, is that it puts on a monthly show right. of pretty standard rep. There, there will be like the outlier of an of a premiere, sure. or there, you know, in uh, November it was new music. November, new music. yeah, yeah, it was November. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there are there are times where there are newer works. However, with working with a repertoire that is. New, New. Mm-hmm. it would be hard to follow that monthly model, and so I think like it, it's awesome that you guys had the foresight to like because that that right there is a recipe for like burnout and frustration. Is mm-hmm. if, if, if absolutely, especially since people are like donating their time, right? <laughs> which is like yes. so. Yeah, no, I think that the model sounds really mm-hmm. yeah. And it's, about it. I think I, I left out an important part of what we were looking for because we we decided very specifically to look for works written post 2000 by living composers yes that is our criteria so it's not even just new music yeah it's not even just new music because you could say that and not even just like living composers because then you could be doing knoxville or something by part you know yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so we were like no this has to be really this has to be new Mm-hmm. And so, and they Written, are like they're while new. we were alive, right? I mean, there were a few pieces we got even from like 1996, 1998. We're like, nope, cut. sorry. <laughs> yeah, and we also decided. I mean, for this round of con- the other concert, we decided to stick to English. Yes. Although I think going forward, we'll be open to languages spoken. Let's say languages spoken in the area, right? That's the way I was thinking about right. it. So doing English and doing Spanish, and maybe we could open it up to Polish or yeah, Russian. Yeah, I was just going to say Polish would be really interesting. Yeah. It uh, would be, yeah. Especially depending where the next venue is, because the our show at the Elbow Room is a one-time thing. I mean, they're super great, and so we'd love knows, to right. be there again. But at this point, that's the only show we have on the calendar. So And how can you book a place like three months out? So... Right. It's like, as you get closer, you need to figure out where you'll be again. Yeah. So, with languages, I'm wondering, um, why are you sticking to either English or local languages? Yeah. Is that... Sorry, I think it's the accessibility. I was just going to ask that, but... You know, because we're not... <laughs> no, you're fine. Because um, <laughs> with Opera on Top, as uh, we all know, we do super titles. Mm-hmm. Even if it is in English, just so, you know, and a lot of times it's gifts and, it's you know, funny, funny things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for things that are in Italian or French or German, you know, it's helpful to have those titles. So we didn't want to have to even worry about it. We're doing bare bones in terms of equipment that we need there. Um, and just so... Because it's in a totally new location, totally new audience. Because uh, Elba Room is a nice, um, like, decently well-known music venue. Um, but to get new people in, we just wanted it to be something they could understand and grasp immediately. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, it's that and I think that that's maybe a key to building up new audiences for opera in general. Definitely. Is you want to be playing to these people you know who to the audiences you want them to understand and you want them to relate we ha- i don't i'm not going to call anyone out any composers because every i'm just so gracious for everyone that submitted but you know we had some things like oh i wrote this in the style of a french ch- chanson i took this poem and i translated it into french and i was like that's cool but is that really 
is that going to change things? Is that going to help gather Is that audiences? helping move our message forward no. in terms of like, offers can be for everybody. You it's know? like, I feel like that layer would be lost. Like someone who walks into Elbow Room and they just hear a French piece. They're like, oh, that's French. And it's like, no, no, sir. English poem in the style of French chanson. Right. And it, and Please have like, a seat. Join us. And that's like <laughs> great because you know what I love French chanson. You know that's my favorite. Oh. But but for what we're doing and for what we're looking for and what we're trying to grow the art form in this new vein, it's not going to do it. And I think, yeah. No, I was just going to say it just reminds me of a conversation that we've had about uh, elitism. And it's literally about, what I was thinking. Like, yeah, that is and what we, people we think were talking of. about how when you do a recital when you and you do a or you do a performance of like Chinese art songs like. You're just showing that you're really well educated. Like, who is that for? Who is that right. for? And so, if you're unless your audience happens to be all like, native Chinese exactly, speakers, unless you're like performing at the Chinese consulate exactly. or something. Like, if you're just at some place performing Chinese art song, yeah. you've by programming that you've built a wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the thing is about something like French chanson, which is obviously a really interesting style, and the, the only people that know about it are classical singers. And I think that's kind of one of the things that's really difficult about people that are that are like what what they'd say they are outside of the norm of, of performance, but all they're really doing is doing the things that the educated other educated singers would know. And it's like you can't you can't be relevant and like edgy um, while just doing the things that you like the base things that you learn if you get a master's degree in performance because that's your the other people that have a master's degree in performance aren't all gonna come see your show. They're working on their own shit. So like we're not expanding our audiences by just doing the same shit that we did in in school. Like it's it's about stepping outside of your comfort zone. And yeah, yeah. Carry over. I literally yeah. can't help it when I have to say something. It just goes Sam up. was raising her hand. <laughs> for those of you. Oh. Like a like a podcast gold. I know. Well, um, well, I just think new American music is where the art form is going, for yeah. the most part. I mean, we can't really deny that. Of course, we're always going to do Figaro, and I love Mozart, obviously. Oh, like, my God. I did you not know. know you had that. Yeah. She has a big it, tattoo of Mozart in her leg. <laughs> Literally, I didn't Mozart's know that either. face <laughs> is on Sam's Mozart's leg. face is on her thigh. But, like, of course we all love those That's composers, amazing. you know? And they're never going to die in their their standard for a reason. But yeah, in terms of yeah. in terms of what's <laughs> happening now That surprised just, me so intensely. She, just, she was just like, I love Mozart so much and then she just like <laughs> looked at her looked at her, her skirt. It was like, it was like it a cartoon us. scene where they're like it's some it's like absurd and like right. that can't be real. But also it's dope. Like it, 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 it's totally it's, dope and totally real. It's right, like yeah. it's like we, You'd be like in a cartoon walking up and asking directions from someone and then like flexing their muscles and they're being attached exactly. on their bicep. Like, it's that whatever. way. It's that way. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. That was beautiful. Like you're going to talk about Schumann and then on the other side, <laughs> you're like Schumann's face. <laughs> but I mean, do you know of music coming? Like, we don't hear of contemporary. Italian music so now. Here's the thing I'm I mean, I'm not saying about. it doesn't exist, but like, I don't know it. No, right. exactly. Personally. And that was kind of what I thought that I had when you were talking about that is the thing is, it probably does exist. There is oh. probably contemporary Italian music. Of course We're there not is. hearing it because right. it exists in a, in a bubble in Italy. Right. And so, so like people in Italy hear it. We, sorry. Yeah. Well, no, no, I was going to say when, when opera was new and opera was relevant, the people that were listening to it were speaking Italian. Right. And so when now that we've entered this world where opera is no longer in the common language, like, sure, there's a place for it. And doing it in translation and maybe educating about the languages is really important. But 
And super titles. But also, it's really interesting to note that I really think it was only... It was like mid-20th century that people started doing opera in their original languages anyway, because yeah. everyone was singing opera in their native in languages. In the vernacular, yep. right, well, wherever you were. And I mean, like, we we'd ran into this when we were trying to print music for opera, the opera on tap performance, is yes. that there are so many translate. We were trying to print a... Something from Figaro. Figaro. We saw it oh, in it was Russian and French. It was, it was in German. German. Yeah, yeah. The, the music that we... We ended up cutting it because we were disasters that day, but we, we ended up... We were going to hand the accompanist the French version. Yeah. Because that was where, that was the clearest copy. And, and if you look back, like one of my favorite tenors, Fritz Wunderlich, his, his La Boheme, his recording is in German. Yeah. You, you know? Well, what do you think we're so afraid of with um, trying to take opera and make it into a vernacular? I don't think, part of me thinks it's not even fear, it's just not what composers know. And the reason I say that is because... I'm, 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 God, I'm not throwing any composers in the bus. We literally have one of these programmed, but we're still we're getting submissions of like people setting Shakespeare because that's mm-hmm. what composers know what to do. And we program one because it's baller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be really. And it's and I feel I don't feel any guilt about that. But just seeing that kind of trend, you're seeing like this is what composers are taught to do. I, I'm assuming in school and and. This is what they know to do because it's what their predecessors did. And you're not getting as much of, um, let's say, like in musical theater, where you might take... Not even musical theater. There's some art song where you're getting, uh, where you're setting, say, Langston Hughes or setting something more interesting. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just distracted myself. It's been a very long day. But my no, point, no. But my point is that... Do you think we're afraid... For some reason, to do it, I, my my point is, is like, do you, I feel like there's such a neglect happening. Do you mean in terms of an American composer, American composer, writing something in German for a German audience? No, I mean, I don't understand why everyone is so afraid of talking about opera being in English. Like everyone's like, oh, it's got to be in the original language, and I'm not saying that we should never do that, but it's just there is an if you suggest that something be done in English, there is an overwhelming like. No, it needs to be original Although There language. are a couple of big programs that you... do things only in English. Yeah. Because I know, well, of course, Opera Theater Pittsburgh uh, did it. Yeah. But I think, Saint, doesn't St. Louis, St. Louis does also do English. it all in English? There's a, these, there's a theater in Milwaukee that does, um, they do, it's called Skylight Music Theater. And yeah. they do three musicals and an opera and everything is in English. They did, they did a French Beauty and the Beast opera. Last yeah, year. Sarah Thompson oh, Johansson. Okay. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, petite sure. Opera here does their opera in, in English, English, too. Yes, that is correct. I have mixed feelings about it. Me too. In terms of, like, you're doing a disservice, I feel like, to the singers by having us learn cozy in English because you don't perform that in bigger places generally in English. Yeah. However, from the audience perspective... It's nice to have it in English because then they can understand and follow, you know, how, like, right. with all outreach things, that there are all these pastiches right. that I, they put English words, yes. you know? I guess that's my thought, is what is, why is it the mainstream is afraid to do it in English? Because it's, the ha- the main houses won't Oh, sorry, I was going to let you finish here. No, 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 I mean, I, like... I was just, I was just wondering if, like, if maybe there's this perception that doing an opera in English feels pedestrian in the, sen- in the sense uh, that, like, when yeah. we do our outreach to, like... <coughs> reach the masses or like the people who don't subscribe we put it in english but then if we talk about staging cozy like at the lyric and you want to do it in english i feel like 
people are going to look at you. People like, are going to look at you like, what? And like, mm, no. And I feel like maybe there's something pedestrian also, or low class about it in a way that like takes opera down from this pedestal of like yeah, artistry. And we so like, love like, it's high on. art. It's yeah. high art. Yeah. But that's a, I, I think that's a problem because it's, you know, we have such a like big tendency to keep opera on this pedestal that it needs to be this elitist, like, on the you know, same luxury token. item. On the same token, it's so much easier to sing it in the original language because yeah. that's what it was set for. Like, right. I've done yeah. a scene of Cozy and, you know, things in English and then having done it in Italian, I'm like, oh, this makes so much more sense, right. you know? And now, going back to this, the fact that I feel like most new music is English music, we have a plethora of American and English language opera now mm-hmm. that do we have to, unless it's a specific outreach thing or a specific scenes thing and i and in that same vein i know that this is something that josh is very like passionate about the idea of like do we really need to be taking tosca out into right. oh i is love that the white lady singing, white lady brown singing folk, tosca right? brown folk, yeah. <laughs> yeah no you're, yeah so i mean like in that case like do we i i realize that accessibility is a thing but mm-hmm. in terms of outreach like are we really doing quote, the masses a service by translating a story that is not relevant and bringing it out and, like, dragging it out. Are we providing them with a service or are we, like, doing that service for ourselves? That's what, that's, I, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, well, if we put it in English, I'm wondering if we do that to tell ourselves that, like, people will, like, that will entice people to come to us and maybe we're not prepared to deal with, like, being completely ignored if we do our cozy outreach in Italian and people kind of walk away because they're like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on right now. It's so, funny like, to me because, like, my mom is not a fan of English, like, music. She doesn't know much about music at all. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, certainly not a singer or anything. But she prefers to hear... When, because people in their mind just have this preconceived notion that Oh, opera's in Italian mm-hmm. and opera's in French. Yes. And so sometimes hearing things in English can be jarring because some people are like, well, I still don't understand. Because <laughs> they're not you listening. Don't. You know what I mean? They're <laughs> yeah. like hearing our voice and hearing the sound, but not listening to the words. And nowadays there's so much awesome music that's being set to people's real words and like contemporary stories that people can relate to more than they ever could relate to yes. fucking Tosca. Well, and I think that that's a move that a lot of composers are going to toward. Um, we actually, I actually saw on Facebook the other day that uh, Ross Crean, yep. who is a, um, a Chicago composer, who's actually going to be on our show on Monday. And we have some oh, of his music on our yeah, that's concert. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so he's, yeah, it'll be published on Monday. Um, and we, I saw him post something saying. Does anyone out there have any poems or poets that are not often, that are not well known that they would like to see set? Mm-hmm. And I and he posts things like that frequently, where mm-hmm. he, he he's always moving toward setting stories that aren't told and setting stories that are relevant. And I think that that's a really big deal. And I think that that's something that more composers should be moving toward. Well, that's one of my personal goals for New Brew down the line, once we have the funds to be commissioning things. Of course. Yeah. Is fingers to be crossed. Set, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> but I, uh, I want to set up composers with poets 
who maybe who maybe don't aren't trained as lyricists or whatever, but poets who are because you find poets in every community. It doesn't matter your level of schooling and oh, education. Absolutely. And so you, you can really get or maybe not necessarily even poets, but you know, whatever, right? Storytellers. 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 Yeah. Story mm-hmm. And get so because that's a way to get these stories that will never be told because these people are studying opera composition mm-hmm. but they have these incredible stories to tell and the composers are never going to know those stories mm-hmm. so i i love the idea of setting them up with each other well yeah an art song in its history came poetry first oh yeah mm-hmm. god yes mm-hmm. yeah so it, it doesn't make sense to be like to restricting the poets to what their form should and shouldn't be because it's up to the composer i think to take a poem and make it work musically yeah, and now, I mean, I just sang a presidential address by Daniel Felsenfeld, which yeah. is set to the Access Hollywood tape, and I know that there's other people, um, there's a female composer who wants to set the, you know, Nevertheless She Persisted, uh, that whole thing. So, I mean, if politics are what's taking it to the next level, of, yeah. you know, so be it. But I think I think it is a, a trend, for sure, that it's real stories for real people and wanting to tell the stories of the underserved and the marginalized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it's interesting that one of the operas, one of the new American operas that's really lived a large life regionally and still is, is Dead Men Walking. Yes. Because, it re- you know, it's telling the story of the guy in prison and uh, mm-hmm. death row. Yeah. And that is the opera that's resonated with people. It has great music, of course, but... Right. But it's that kind of story. This is the, not Tosca. This is... <laughs> no. <laughs> No, and I think, and, and I want to go, I just have one comment about yeah. the language discussion, because something that you said earlier is really sticking with me. The idea of, now now that the, the question, my question of why not other languages has been answered, I love the idea of not only seeking out English repertoire, but also kind of like clicking into our community and, and the unique voice that Chicago has yes. and seeking mm-hmm. out... Spanish voices mm-hmm. and Polish voices mm-hmm. because those are those are stories and those are cultures that opera neglects. Yes, honestly, I mean Spanish is touched on, but there's such a of. wealth of Spanish repertoire yeah. that isn't ignored. Yeah, yes. and and I have uh, I mean there's I have a set a new set from a Colombian composer. I sang a couple of pieces last year, and you know so it's not like these things are not being written. Right, it's just they're not being heard. But I mean, I can't tell you a single uh, Chopin wrote in Polish. Right. That's the only Polish I can think of, and I think that it's really. I think it would be really cool. And I, there are Polish musicians in the in the Chicago area, right. and I think that that I think that's a really and good. What idea. I like about that idea even more is it's not Polish composers from Poland writing; it's Polish composers from Chicago writing, mm-hmm. right? Or Polish. It's a different. We should, that's a different voice. Mm-hmm. That's a different life experience. Well, and it, it it would access a different a different voice of kind of diaspora. Yes. Of like the, of the a Polish voice in Poland has access to the root has access to those roots. They're mm-hmm. going to walk those historical streets. They're going to they have access to that rich culture. Whereas someone walking down like Pulaski <laughs> Pulaski Avenue, like isn't different experience. It's a different experience. And, you know, it, it's I, I think that that would be so cool. And I hope that that pans out. Yeah. Yeah. Us yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
Um, cool. Well, I would love to uh, ask you guys about. So, how has been um, working as administrators going? As both administrators and as like. I mean, I think we work pretty well together. Yeah, it's actually. Yeah. I mean, with this team, it's easier than it has any right to be. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I think all of us come from the camp of well, if you want something done right, do it yourself. But like, I totally trust either of these folks. You know, and I think it goes both ways. Yeah. Just like, no, you can handle it. I'm not worried about it. You know, just to know that you have people that you can rely on. That I know. That you don't yeah. have to pick up the slack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was one funny thing that happened that was totally my fault in which I didn't read a line that Sam had written and I forgot to say. I sent out an email to the composers, not to the singers. And it was that. And for like a week, we were like, they were, I, I, they were like, <laughs> why are we getting these emails from the singers? And I didn't know that. And I was like, oh. Because I didn't, and that's what you get for multitasking at work, folks. Yes, right. <laughs> Luckily, but they were very. But we have checks and balances, you know. Oh, hey, no, okay, great. If that, I were doing, uh, right. that explains it. It's crazy that you fired Sam for that. <laughs> yes, that's right. I know. We just started, and now I'm going to be taking Dan's spot in. Uh, up around tap. But, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I wasn't even going there. I was just making a dumb political. Oh, well. I don't know, yeah, but. <laughs> She's just coming out. I'm coming out. <laughs> oh, um, no, yeah, so the other part of all of this, so me leaving uh, Opera on Tap, is that you are now the one of the divas of Opera on Tap Chicago. Now we are all um, divas. Yeah. You are That's all right. mezzos. All mezzos. <laughs> oh my god, it is all mezzos. I mentioned it to Marissa. I was like, look at the mezzos getting it done. Oh anyway. my god, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Sopranos can't keep it together. <laughs> but I think it'll be good um, because... I will be able to take care of, like, the finances for New Brew since I'll have that knowledge with Opera on Tap. And since right. we're only doing it... Not as frequently. A couple... Right. Once every couple months. Like, mm-hmm. I'm here, but, you know. Yeah, but so... They'll be fine. And I mean, any fledgling <laughs> yes. organization needs... And the other thing that's interesting about Opera on Tap is because it's a national and a chapter organization, um, there are a lot of umbrella benefits that national provides, like being a national nonprofit. Right. Um having a, a wealth of they have a few people that are on as administrative for like national needs and just kind of like budgeting and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and so you learn a lot mm-hmm. because um i think opera on tap you learn a lot because there are 15 other chapters that are trying to make it work so you can see on a like a macro scale what works and what doesn't you see what chapters do well and you see what chapters don't do well mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. i think that being connected to an organization like that is extremely powerful. Yeah. Well, and what's cool is that with other chapters, there's room for collaboration. Right. Um, like, I, I know that specifically with Opera on Tap, there have been efforts for, like, Opera on Tap Milwaukee and Opera on Tap Chicago and, like, Minneapolis to, like, come together and do something. And I think it's cool, like, that pretty much now with you guys starting or, like, revamping New Brew Chicago, Mm -hmm. there's a New Brew, like, in every region. Yeah, it's New York, then it was Seattle, and now it'll be here. We got the Midwest. Rep in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. It's a great networking opportunity. I mean, like, on the forums and stuff, you see, oh, I'm moving here, and I'm moving this place, and, like, somebody the other day, oh, I'm coming to Chicago, like, what do I need to know, what do I need to do? You need to ju- at least go to an opera on tap show. You'll meet so many Because people. you'll immediately meet people, and it's just like a nice... I mean, already the singer community is so small, yeah. but yeah. having that 
outer network. Well, I mean, it's like 800 people or something. What's in that Chicago area classical it, singers group? Oh, it's a oh, large group. Oh, over a thousand. Yeah. Very, yeah. And you know, people, a lot of times people say things, and this, this isn't just Chicago specific, right? This is across every small singer community. Oh, well, so-and-so only cast their friends. Never going to get it. Never, my advice to you, because I haven't been here that long, is go to things like Opera and Tap because you'll be that person's friend pretty fast. Right. You have yeah. to meet this, people. You have to meet, yeah. if, exactly. you, if you don't meet people, you'll never... That's that's what right. networking is. That is what networking is. There are definitely organizations that cast their friends. But if you are sitting in your own apartment in a bubble, not reaching out to people, not you will not be cast friends. by right. anyone. You can't be upset. Yeah. You're not being cast because you're right. not getting out there. It's right. awkward. Like, I say this as somebody who's like, I've, I haven't been here in like two years yet. And joining Opera on Tap was like how I got involved in the singers community. And yes. I like, yeah. I remember my, my first show that I came to, um, it was like super awkward because I didn't know anybody. And I was just kind of yeah. sitting by myself. But I was like, I'm going to ride this through. And I started talking to people and like you just you strike up conversations and then you see that person again it's like you you got to go through a journey to get there but yeah. it's absolutely worth it so opera on tap yeah it's absolutely a great <laughs> networking opportunity it's the mild the most mild and fun way of networking because it's very low pressure yeah it's and exactly. coming, from, coming from someone i've been doing this those shows for three years so every month we do those shows and you, what it comes off to is someone as an, an administrator for an organization like that. The first time it's like, oh, thank God someone else came to this thing. Yeah. So the second time they show up, then you actually remember their name and they go, I'm a singer. And it's like, oh, well, do you want to sing with us? Please, let's let's get more people involved because it's already getting stale. Like, we, like right. that's, it's never, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are, of course, like nepotism factories that, that are not this way, but I I yeah, would yeah, yeah. I would say that the most of the organizations that I'm familiar with at this point, factories. sorry, no, <laughs> it's a good term. That it's that way where it's just like it's just fucking hard. Mm-hmm. It's like it's hard. just hard being an administrator, and you know, like it's it's that second time, it's that third time of of not you don't have to be someone's friend if you don't want to have friends. Like whatever fucking friendship shit. But like my point is is like. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. about it's about being a part of the community. I yes. think that Chicago is a very communal based. Well, or and like, I, like yes. city. and I think that if you're approaching, I think if you're approaching the Chicago singer community as means to an end to being cast, then you're doing it wrong. And oh, that's not what I meant. To, yeah. Oh no 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 no. Yeah, and that's yeah. not at all what I was saying. I was more addressing the masses. Yeah, I'm just yeah. like, I think that what's cool about, you know. Venues like Operon's Hap and soon to be New Brew is that it's an opportunity not only, you know, perhaps to get enough exposure to catch the attention of one of the many opera companies performing in Chicago, but it's also an opportunity to meet and be able to form your own thing. I mean, that's how you three got together right. to do New Brew is that you came to Opera on Tap, you mm-hmm. joined the roster, yeah. a call was put out for volunteers, and now there is an official, like, set in stone New Brew chapter in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I'm, <laughs> it, you know, if you go to Opera on Tap or New Brew or something, then you have the ability to make those connections and form those ensembles and you could be the Chicago Bagel Authority California Raisins if you wanted to. You really wanted to. You can dream it. You can do it. (laughs) That's why I started laughing because I was like, full circle. All right. So um, tell us a little bit about the composers on this program. So we have um, Ross 
Korean with uh, four of the five songs were, were be, are being heard from Passive Aggressive to Guide to Mother cool. Goose and uh, two excerpts, I think, from Lost Daughters, which just premiered uh, in, in Oberlin. Berlin. Yeah. Um, we have three pieces by Jessica Rudman, who's like an awesome new music ninja. Uh, she, I think, yeah. lives on the East Coast. Um, and they're set, so we're just doing selections, so um, we want to keep everything under like five minutes um just because we wanted to get enough people to be heard it's yeah. a numbers game in the first concert i feel right like. mm-hmm. exactly and um who else do we have we yeah. have libby right she who's have, singing and she, wrote yeah. the piece um, double threat right mm-hmm. well triple because she's singing composing and acting i guess that's true maybe she dances maybe she dances. maybe she dances i don't know <laughs> um who else do we have oh um rena ahmed uh came to us with um, two songs by a composer named Scott Lamps, and her mother wrote the poetry. So that was not a submission that we received, but it's like a perfect, you know, Newbrew is a perfect place to for those things to be premiered because she hasn't gotten to sing them yet, and it'll be a great way to do that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just thrilled because how personal and wonderful, you know. Right. It's perfect. It, it encapsulates, I think, exactly what we're going for. Right. With the concert series as a whole. Yeah. So it's a great first submission to have for the inaugural concert. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dana Kaufman has On the Move. Yeah. Um, Aaron Stepp has the more uh, Rebecca Morgan Frank. Yeah. Diptych. Yeah. Um, oh, Klaus uh, from Germany. The Thanks, pieces Klaus. mustn't forget Klaus. <laughs> no, we cannot forget Klaus. Um, those pieces are actually in English. I think he has a version in German, but he sent us the English yes. version. Oh, cool. Um, I can't. I don't have the program in front of me, but that is. We got. Oh, we have a. You know, variety of things, and it's. And know, is the uh, is is it going to be like? comedy drama like what like is there going to be yeah i mean there's definitely there's definitely plenty of funny i feel like yes um but there's also some heavy but i think uh the way we've programmed it should be in a pretty good balance so oh sorry Oh, no, I was just going to say you never want to depress the audience at the end with a smattering of, like... Can I tell you, this is the the quickest story of a very misguided scenes concert I was in, (laughs) that it was, like, a fine... The the concert itself was fine, but for some reason, my teacher decided to end it with the rape scene from Susanna. Wow. Sure. And, like, and scene, and the audience was like... Uh, uh, (laughs) Oh, no. So, you never wanted to... You know, you need to program... Like a recital or a concert, like you're having dinner, like you have an appetizer, yes. oh, yeah. and then you have like uh, an entree, and then you have like a salad, and then maybe like a soup, and then you have a dessert. So you always want to end on some kind of uplifting or like right. fun note, you know? Yeah. Um, have you guys seen the movie High Fidelity? Yeah. So um, at the the movie and it's this guy who his thing is like he works in a record store, blah blah blah, but his his things about the movie is like. You know, top five artists that blah blah blah. Top five breakups. Blah blah blah. Yes. Um, and he ends the last scene is him talking about the way to make a mixtape where it's like uh-huh. and it's just like you start out with a real with a real humdinger and then you bring the volume up and then you plateau and then you bring it and then you cool it off, mm-hmm. you know, because you get and it's, it's just like 
I, I think that the high fidelity model or the dinner model yeah. is just like such a good way to um, model any performance off of because like to end with a rape scene is horrific. Oh, that's, that's, that's very oh, poor planning. <laughs> Fucking macabre. Um, I have a question about um, events going forward. Um, are you... Uh, so uh, Opera on Tap does themes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they do... November, they do a night of comedic opera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm wondering, are you all working to make themes or is it going to be more loosely structured of like when you have enough submissions to put together a concert? This first one is called a warm welcome because ain't no kind of theme. (laughs) (laughs) The theme is new music that has not been heard before. The theme is we've arrived. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Nice to meet you. I don't have to see it as one of those little sampler platters that you order at a restaurant. That's what this concert is. It's like mozzarella sticks and some German. The fan favorites. Exactly. (laughs) I think going forward, though, we had talked about wanting to have the thematic programs. Or at least, yeah, something more cohesive. I mean, I have have an idea of something else that I really want to happen is a night of scenes from new operas. Yes. That's something that I want to do. Oh, yes. cool. That's that's like a goal to work towards as yeah. we build up our roster and our rep. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we just, um, it, again, it was crunch time. We wanted to get it out there. No, and I, so. I think that that was smart, trying to get something off before the summer to like kind of like leave a lasting impression. It's like the season finale of a TV show. Right, mm-hmm. right. It's like, you gotta get that, gotta get that May finale in so that over the summer you can let it percolate right i mean too i feel like with new music it's a little harder to like plan a theme around it if you want to do a comedic night of opera at opera on tap it's like well i've got five arias in my back pocket but how many funny new arias do you have especially without the means yet to be commissioning things because once you can start commissioning things you could do anything we can make all of the themes and i think next time we can be more specific in a call if we have oh we can absolutely say hey we want love songs and we can get them i'm sure right right but for the time being i think next time we definitely want to focus more on ensembles yes we didn't want to start off that way just for a variety of reasons there were a couple things we received that are really great but we couldn't yeah. Just didn't want to risk putting together yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a question that I asked Claire Davizio, and I think Daniel was about to try to wrap it up, but I'm choosing to ignore that. because. Um, so something that we asked Claire Davizio with Thompson Street Opera is that you put a call out for something specific from a composer, and you get, in, and you like, you know, let's say that one asks for, um, you know, I'm looking for... Um, operas that are under 90 minutes that have no more than four people and it's funny. Mm-hmm. And instead you get a submission that's this is a four hour you know, a chorus of 60 children <laughs> and it's about my mother's suicide. <laughs> and like there's like, always did, one. Yeah, did you did you like, run into, like in, in this call, did you run into any submissions I guess we already touched well, on that. But, but, but we did. I mean, we, we definitely were like, "Yo." There was lo- just the one that was kind of like, "What the fuck?" But then also, <laughs> I, but I think we were like, "Hey, we want something solo voice and piano." And they were like, "Well, this is for chorus and a duet of singers solo." <laughs> you know, something that we're like, "That's not, But it's all stuff that we'll put away and perhaps use in the future. So I'm not mad that anyone submitted. Yeah, it, we, right. We got like a couple that were like string quartets, and we're like, "That's great," and we want to do that in the future. It'd be great to have other instruments, oh, uh, instruments, and yes, instrumentalists please. to collaborate. Not right now. But sir, please. <laughs> we gotta start, you know. I just, it, it's, I think we all agree, it's better to start simple and mm-hmm. not 
push ourselves too far because then we're just going to sputter out before we, you know, it's like when Especially you're accelerating. With that's that. money. Isn't that always the thing? That's like the main reason that we're not like being broadcast nationally from the top of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Whew, but again, I say, who goes into the arts yeah, I know. to make a lot of money? In yeah, France, only in France. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know why I said the Eiffel Tower. But, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> that's where I'd want to broadcast. Yeah, right. That's like a good goal for you guys. All right, cool. Well, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna hand this for a second. This is I went live. Tom Bailey's watching. Oh, oh shit! Thanks, Tom. Uh, well, hey, Tom. Tom Bailey. Yeah, yeah, it's just Tom. Just Tom. Just Tom. That's okay. We love Tom. Hi, Tom. So, um, we we are coming to the end of our show. Sadly, um, we have a few. For the last thing we do with our guests is a one minute plug for anything you have upcoming. We'll give each of you a chance to do that. Obviously, for some in some cases that's very obvious, like when you have a show upcoming. But in other cases, it can be favorite books, favorite poets, favorite uh, people making dope work. Yeah, I was just uh, gonna say people doing rad art. Yep. Yeah. So. I knew Somebody this question go was going to come, and I knew I should have prepared something else to say. So I will plug New Brew, which is at the Elbow Room. <laughs> Cheating! <laughs> Next Tuesday, um, May 16th, it's going to be at 8 p.m. Uh, you can get your tickets online via the Elbow Room's website. We are on their calendar. $5 cover. Um, you can also pay at the door. Um, that is something that we are doing going forward because everyone deserves to be you know, our talents are worth something. Mm -hmm. So, I um, can't wait. You should join us. Come out. We'd love to see you sometime. Yeah, come up and see me sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua? Okay, so since we got that plug out of the way, <laughs> I, no, I'm going to plug because I'm watching a show and I think everyone should watch it if you haven't because I didn't forever, whatever. Shit's Creek. The first two seasons are on Netflix. <laughs> And it's. You saw you posted about that. I did, and I, it's so funny. And it's also what I love about it is it's partially a star vehicle for Catherine O'Hara, and a star vehicle for a comedic leading lady of a certain age is just a joy. But it's also <laughs> you'll see a lot of people you've seen in all the um, Christopher Guest movies, mm -hmm. and also one of the main characters and actors is queer. It's just so funny. Moody. And there's a cat on me. I got the cat. So that's that's my little plug. Why not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, at some point, theoretically, um, in the future, if it, it will happen, I don't know why I'm pretending it won't, but, um, I am also a member of CVAC, a Chicago Vocal Arts Consortium, yes! which is also another great organization in Chicago for singers. Little um, women. Love them. Little women. Yes. We are doing a staged uh, performance of that on June 16th and June 17th. We just started rehearsals this week. Um, actually, one of our singers, Val, uh -huh. she is the Joe for that. So I like, didn't know that. Oh, she's singing. Good on you, jo Val. Like, good yeah. luck. Yeah. Okay. She, so she's going to be doing that, too. Um, That's awesome. And yeah, that's that's coming up in June, and that's what I'll be doing once New Brew is over, just hiding in a music room. With Sounds the, about right. With the score, yeah. Um, I gotta do that too. Yeah, that's my plug. Cool. All right, well, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, those of you that are now watching on, uh, oh, wow, this is a fun angle. Um, watching online, that's all one of you. Hey, Tom, again. Um, thank you so much for doing <laughs> that. Um, I've been Daniel Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. I am the uh, wind beneath your wings. <laughs> Uh, if you want to keep up with what Scopy Magazine is doing, there are a lot of ways that you can do that. You can head to scopymag.com. We have articles old and new there. Uh, you can also keep up with us on Facebook, 
Instagram and Twitter. Facebook, Scopy Magazine. Instagram, at Scopy Mag. Twitter, at Scopy Mag. Uh, we are doing a promotion right now where I'm waiting for some stickers to get in the mail. We have these really dope square stickers with our, with our original logo, soon to be vintage logo. <gasps> So, oh, so, so, so these are these. Th this is the only time we're doing a, a merch thing with this specific logo, and I'm really we're really excited about the, this. That a we're get we're working on a new logo with a with a real graphic designer, and b who we're paying thanks to your donations. Mm -hmm. We're only three months in, and we have a vintage logo, and so we've got stickers <laughs> with that vintage logo. So you want to know how you can get it? It's really simple. Head over to our iTunes, subscribe, and leave a review. If you take a screenshot of your review, we will in person or send us your uh, mailing address, and we'll mail. Or it in to the an dead envelope. of night, we will approach yeah. you in your abode. Somehow. We will somehow organize a way yeah, to yep. get to you this little square sticker, which we're really excited about. So that's kind of a promotion we're doing right now to get our uh, iTunes cred up. Not just iTunes. I don't know. Rate us on rate us on Stitcher or podcast. What, what's your fucking Podcat. Android shit? I don't Podcat. know. <laughs> I shouldn't hate Android so much. I, I love my Android. Yeah, it seems great. Yeah. I, no, I, no, I wasn't talking about my phone. I was talking about my robot. Good. <laughs> that's At fair. Home. Good. That's fair. Uh, and as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. Um, as I said, we're working on a new logo, uh, which costs, said. yeah, which Daniel, our benevolent leader said mm -hmm. for fuck's sake. Um, so, um, as we said, we're working on a new logo. We would like to pay our artists for that logo. Um, we can't do that without your help. We're also putting on a shitload of performances this summer. So um, head to our website, scopymag.com. Go to our About section. Um, if you become a monthly subscriber financially, um, we will give you a shout-out on the show. Sam Adeguile. Thank you. I was like, where's my shout-out? We gave you a shout-out. When? On a QIO. On a QIO. Which one? Uh, the one on my birthday or the mm -hmm. day. I literally I just discovered the podcast app today. Really? So, yes. Well, I have welcome. not been a podcast person before. Yeah. And now oh. I am. And so I listen to the QIO with Lily, but it's I gotta get on it. It's a beautiful new world. Yeah. You're, I, I think you're well, a QIO you. like three weeks back. Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah. I subscribed after Prexilla was here. Yeah, no, we... And I went you, home and I was like... Mm. Well, and you did it so that you could... And we donated your first month to Planned Parenthood. That is why I did it, actually. Oh, that's right! <laughs> that's right. Yeah. 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 Um. So, and we'll probably do more promotions like that in the future because mm -hmm. it was effective and good for our world. So, anyway, um, head to our website, scopymag.com. Head to our About section. If you become a monthly subscriber, you'll get a shout-out just like Sam did. Mm -hmm. Uh, you'll also get free admission to any shows at our apartment. Uh, mm -hmm. We also won't hit you up for donations at our summer series. Yeah, <laughs> our summer series is going to be completely free. We're doing it at a few different venues, uh, the Redline Tap and Nightcap Coffee. We have a lot of big, fucking awesome things planned, really fucking cool things planned. Um, so uh, I, it's going to be great. It's going to be fucking awesome. We're like, yeah. So um, please, So please help us put that on, you know... I can't emphasize how big how big a difference your small donation makes. Like we cry bitter tears every time we get a donation, bitter. and and I'm not not bitter tears, like joyful tears of of gratification. Like it's a really big deal, and it means a lot to us. So um, yeah, give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, 
participate and share. Thanks again so much for listening. I've been uh, Daniel Johansson. Did we do this already? Yeah, we did. You That's did. at the top. You're but still is, Daniel. No, Johansson. I think it, I think it's at the end of it. No, and you continue I to be see it's not. <laughs> and then you continue to be Maureen Smith. I continue to be Maureen <laughs> Smith. No, thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. For fuck. <laughs> Fifty-five episodes. Damn it. <laughs> that was beautiful.